Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network, where you will find today's tennis discussions. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which could be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey. And our mentors, well, they might just provide that roadmap for your journey. Over the last five-plus years, I've been blessed to be talking with mentors who have paved the pathway for many tennis players and coaches. These mentors you, you have heard on our Thursday broadcast are people like, well, thankfully once a month you either heard Dr. Alan Fox or Coach Chuck Reese. And this month is a special month because uh, at the end of the month we'll be closing down the 2020 season. And uh, this month we started the month off with Alan Fox. And we're going to close it with Chuck Reese. That doesn't get any uh, better than that. Other mentors sharing their knowledge on Thursdays have been people like, well, tonight's uh, mentor, Coach Ashley Hobson, a special person with special experience uh, coming from a a great place, and he's been a major supporter of high school tennis. Other people like Ed Kras. Uh, Johnny Angel, uh, Scott Engie, Nick Saviano, Scott Williams, who will uh, be on the broadcast uh, next week. And I understand him and Ashley have a project that they're starting up to, uh, as well as uh, energy coach Linda LeClaire and others. Besides the coaches sharing their knowledge, You may also hear other college or high school tennis coaches, USTA members, PTR, USPTA heads, as well as leaders from tennis and racket sports organizations. Because I do believe Dr. King, when he said, our life's to begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, Each week, you have also heard, in some cases, some people say put up with, other people agree with, uh, my biased views on North American tennis and, of course, life. I would like to thank Yellow Ball CEO J.P. Weber for hosting the program in on this network. And, of course, the nice thing about Block Talk Radio is you can listen anytime you'd like to any of the programming on the Yellow Ball Network. So, and if you're um, unhappy with any of my commentary uh, or you want to add to it, uh, you can contact me at coachdenise.fhstca at att.net. Who knows? You may read your views in Florida Tennis Magazine or hear them on a future broadcast. If there is one, I will talk about that later on uh, on uh, Coach Denise exploring uh, blessings. Like I said, we're going to shut down for the year um, in November. Uh, our last broadcast will be with Chuck Greasy the last Thursday of the month. And um, it'll probably be at least the first, uh, at the end of the first quarter of 
2021 before a decision is made by Bobby and I if uh, we're going to be doing that anymore. I probably will, and I will let you know um, if I'm on other broadcasts. I did commit to being on a couple other uh, uh, people that are doing broadcasts, so um, we're not going away uh, any place. But uh, at 80 years old, it's time to spend more time with family, and uh, I just appreciate all Bobby has done to uh, support uh, uh, what I love doing uh, so much. So um, I think I have our mentor on now. Coach, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you? Ashley, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you, John? I'm blessed, thank you. I am. Uh, I haven't introduced you yet, Ashley. Uh, Those of you that don't know uh, Ashley, uh, you're missing out on something. Uh, He's been a coach for over 30 years of ATP, WTA, ITF, coaching experience in over 60 countries uh, and uh, Inspiration uh, Academy uh, is a special place, one of my uh, special places. I've been blessed to uh, uh, know Ashley. He has uh, helped us with the Florida High School Tennis Coaches Association in the past. He's brought uh, a couple of his players up to um, um, Daytona Beach. Uh, no, I think it brought him up to Orlando. And uh, special people, uh, if you ever get a chance to uh, go to Bradenton, uh, you not only meet uh, special coaches. Well, in, in fairness, because of the special coaches, you'll meet some very special people every time I get down there. Uh, it's um, It's a blessing. I really enjoy it. So, Ashley, what have you been up to? Um, John, uh, just uh, we've had uh, some uh, exciting UTRs this last uh, two weeks at uh, Inspiration. We had, uh, you know, um, in our former quarter quarters honors, we have like 11 and 12 UTRs playing, so it's been great. Um, I'm just happy to have been given uh, the opportunity through the UTR, really, to keep tennis going and, and keep keep competitive tennis going so we've got a whole lineup for the summer i mean from from the summer um to have uh utrs uh through the fall and uh we've got another five or six to go and we are um teaming up with uh, sanchez casal academy down in naples so when they have a weekend open we have a tournament here when, when they have a weekend when we have a weekend open, then they have a tournament there. So we've got a whole series going through the uh, through December with uh, these UTRs, and we're just getting a bunch of good players coming in who want to compete and, and play. So it's been very exciting to have that. Um, and, um, yeah, no, things are going very good. Yeah, when I was down there uh, last month, uh, it was. I was really, really impressed with uh, some of the talent that uh, was participating there. It was like, wow! It's, uh, um, and of course, my own bias. 
Uh, I really uh, believe competition is not a dirty word. It's <laughs> it's something that we need to help uh, get us through life. And if tennis can be that, uh, the way you make that journey, uh, you're not going to get through it without competing. And, of course, my own bias, I don't think you're going to get through life without competing, and that's what we learn from. Uh, my today's commentary is actually uh, – is a time we step out of our comfort zone. And uh, I won't read it to you now because you can go online and uh, you can read the uh, commentary uh, there. But I think we've, uh, uh, as some of you know, reading my commentaries, I've been a little disappointed in uh, the way some of our uh, sporting organizations uh, have tried to I believe, intimidate us in their thinking the same way. And you have more experience at this, uh, Coach, because you've coached in 60 countries. And I suspect what makes uh, the United States so special is we're not taught to think a certain way, and we're not afraid to go out and take chances. We're not afraid to take challenges. And we know that if we fall down, we get back up and start over again. So am I wrong? I mean, is uh, are we doing the same things in all 60 uh, countries that uh, you were uh, able to uh, uh, coach and train in? Um, yeah, John, um, it's, it's just very interesting times. So I think uh, we need to uh, grasp this time. Uh, because I think tennis is a, is a great uh, social distancing sport, and I think we need to really get out there and, and, and put tennis in front of people way more. Um, I think the, the national organizations need to go down into the grassroots, into the schools, and, and, you know, and, and get people to play tennis. Um, I don't think it happens enough, and I, I think it, it needs to happen. You know, I mean, I think the USTA need to get into the schools, and I need to, I think they need to try and um, introduce kids to tennis at a much earlier rate, you know. Um, I think, um, you know, especially during this time, I mean, so many sports are being shut down and so many things are being shut down. I think it's a great opportunity for for um, tennis organizations to get into the grassroots and, um, you know, promote tennis. Uh, I think, um, you know, uh, definitely uh, what we when we ran a national program in Asia was to get into the schools and, and at a young age and, and get the kids hooked on tennis. And because of Corona, I think um, this is a perfect time to do this for tennis. And um, um, I don't know, I don't, honestly don't know if it's happening. Uh, I see we have we run ads in, uh, you know, we run ads over the US Open about tennis and in the tennis channels, but I, I wish we'd just go more internet, I mean, more national and you know, start to promote tennis, you know, on a national basis, um, much more. I mean, just through the media and through the schools and, you know, bring tennis out more because um, I think this is an opportunity time for tennis and I don't know if we're grasping that opportunity right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is a special time. I mean, you hate to have... uh this virus going uh, around and uh, 
but uh, we have to deal in life. We have to deal with presented to us. Uh, but yeah. I think with sports in general, uh, you know, being more interested in getting a political view across rather than uh, the sport, and I, and I mean, you know, all sports. Uh, and then you look at what's happening in colleges and everything today. There's just a great opportunity for tennis if we uh, would, uh, you know, take advantage of it. Uh, I know uh, in college, uh, you know, as you know, I have uh, two uh, uh, grandsons that are in college, uh, uh, and they trained with you this summer because there was nothing going on. Uh, One of them, uh, Ryan, is going to be... uh, going through surgery uh, now because uh, they're both pitchers and uh, uh, their school isn't going to have no baseball this coming year. And the other one um, is uh, they don't know what's going to happen yet with this season. They're a couple months away from making uh, decisions. Uh, selfishly, <laughs> I enjoy uh, usually those Northern college teams. They start the season down in Florida and they moved away to Texas and then back up north. So uh, it's been part of our uh, spring to uh, get the family together to watch the dumb playing because they come down to Florida on separate weeks, so uh, uh, they're in different divisions. But uh, things are – I think the opportunity is there for tennis, and I think if we're – more concerned about our game and how we sit there and keep moving our game and and get out of the politics and trying to get everybody to promote the same thing. Um, uh, we'd be better off. I'm always talking about coaching because, you know, it's, I've been doing it for well over 50 years, so it's my bias. But, uh, you know, I consider you one of the great coaches. And uh, uh, can you talk a little bit about coaching? You know, because you're a great tennis player, does that make you a great coach? Uh, uh, I know in baseball, um, uh, the great Boston uh, Red Sox uh, outfielder, this, this is one of the reasons I'm shutting down the broadcast, my show short-term memory, I can't think of his name now. I should. He's an uh, ex-Marine pilot. He left uh, to be a wartime hero. He's a Marine Corps ace, uh, Hall of Famer. And, uh, you know, he was a good baseball coach, but he wasn't one of the great coaches. And uh, I just wonder, you know, but he, he might have been the best hitter of all times. Uh, so what makes a great coach, in your opinion? Or is it just a learning process? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think let's break down what coaching is. So what what is coaching? Coaching, you know, um, what, what I've thought of is, is coaching is the experience, either experience as a player or player in another sport. Um, it's, so it's, an, it's experience, and then it's a – you know, the amount of education you've got too, who your mentors, who you learn through, uh, what education you, you've got for tennis. And 
then it's uh, that education and it's that experience um, and the ability to communicate that experience over to your player, um, which makes a great coach, you know? So I think, you know, that that's my formula for, for um, you know, what coaching is. You know, it's education plus experience and the ability to communicate that over to the to 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 the player. So my question, you know, is always that um, you know, if you're just to, if a, a good tennis player it doesn't mean that you're you're going to be a good coach or um if you're a, you know a bad tennis player you you're going to be a bad coach. Uh, I think it's always the tennis players who 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 um who have not really made it to the top who played a good level of tennis, I think you have to have played a decent level of tennis, and then, um, you know, still have, have that desire and hunger to coach further. Um, I remember um, the uh, great Australian coach uh, Bob Brett used to say to me, "Players who played in the futures and satellites um, always become good coaches because you know they never really made a clue that they were good enough to play at that level." So I've always, you know, ascribed to that. Um, theory that you know if you've played futures and satellite level tennis it, it, it allows you to have tasted what professional tennis is like on a lower level but it helps you to not have an, too big an ego not to want to learn and, and become a, a good coach um, so it's kind of frustrating sometimes when you have players um, have coaches who are good players and then they have uh, really not much education after that but there is an education part to tennis with um you know today especially with the psychology and the nutrition and the periodization and the scheduling of players um not just the uh you know actual hitting of the ball so it becomes you know a little bit more academic after you have all that experience and knowledge you have to have some academic um you know learning behind um your your experience you know so it's uh, it's important to to have that I think um, to to be a, to be a great coach, and um, you know I I have the same thought process with you know the administrators in tennis. I mean, um, you know, how would you hire a Fortune 500 CEO? Would you you know hire him because um, you know maybe they were just a great businessman, or you know did they have the you know education behind it as well to make it so you know there are a lot of factors i think uh, we have too many people in 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 sports um itself who sometimes haven't had that um have have too much either tennis knowledge but not enough business knowledge and then not not enough um some people who have too much business knowledge and not enough tennis knowledge so it's trying to find that balance between the two for the administrators uh, and and coaches as well yeah, I think that's very important because tennis, like life, is, you know, there's giving you continuous opportunities to continue learning. And if you don't take advantage of it, and a lot of it is going to have to be not just the sport you're in, but the whole educational process and keeping up with what's going on. I've uh, I've been blessed to be able to uh, – uh, coach uh, businesses as well as players. As a matter of fact, uh, coaching uh, businesses, though I never coached a Fortune 500 uh, CEO or anything, but 
uh, I've been able to coach a lot because I made more of my money coaching businesses. And a lot of times the process of, uh, you know, the first thing people want to know is, well, what do you know about electricity or what do you know about building or what do you know about insurance, uh, whatever you call it. And, you know, what are you looking for to help? What are your needs that you feel you need a, a business coach for? And uh, I do believe that the same thing that we do, uh, coaching athletes, are some of the same fundamentals that you better find out. Uh, you know, because sometimes, uh, I think it's in today's commentary, I talk about, um, I hope it's not next week, I talk about uh, uh, being uh, called to uh, a business and find out that uh, what they think they uh, need me for, there's either another priority or there's another uh, service that I could offer them. So uh, I always felt that was some of the t- toughest questions. And I don't. I think if you don't spend the time at certain levels, then you can't uh, be a coach or, uh, which I am – I fear also happens in our industry is where you're coaching at a level uh, and there comes a time sometimes you better, you you should be, in my opinion, turning that player over to another source at another time if they're not, um, you know, if you're not handling that. And sometimes I guess our egos uh, get in the way with that, but uh, that's also part of life. Let me ask you another question: Why is tennis so fragmented? Do you think? Oh, um, yeah, you know, um, yeah, that's, uh... <laughs> this is one of the reasons. I probably I've got a lot of decisions to make if I'm going to come back in the future or not because. <laughs> I, I yeah. have more questions than answers. Yeah. Well, I think uh, obviously tennis has a, uh, a, I think, a, you know, historically tennis has been fragmented because, I mean, let's start with the Grand Slams. They, you know, three different tournaments, four different tournaments in four different countries. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they've kind of run their own shows, you know, mm-hmm. from the beginning. So it's, uh, you know, that, that's one way to think of it. So historically, um, the Grand Slams, and then also we have the, um, you know, the, the, the national organizations which have morphed out of that, which are become massive with the French Federation, you know, the LTA and the USTA. Um, and, um, I mean, look, the, the French made a decision to run the US, to run, the, to run Roland Garros in um, October, and without the consultation of any other organization, the ITF included, or the ATP and WTA, you know? So, you know, that's just a, a, an example of the fragmentation of the lack of communication between the, uh, you know, lack of communication between the, the major bodies. So, I think, uh, you know, that's one reason, and obviously uh, I think tennis is, a, you know, it's an ego-driven sport. Um, people who have done well have had uh, big egos, and um, it's been tough to for them to, you know, uh, listen to other people and do what's good for the sport. It's a lot of time I think stuff's been done 
which is just you know good for that person or or that particular instance and not really good for the good of the sport so i think we we we've struggled because of that as well um and then of course you know we just have the global nature of of tennis it's it's massive so um unfortunately you know it's very fragmented and then you know we're going to come to the you know the gender gender fragmentation you know the ATP and the WTA were formed differently and they've never really um operated you know in sync um so there's a, a lot of factors there <laughs> And, and it's, 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 it's unfortunate, you know. Um, I, I know some people talk about a commissioner in tennis to, to, to run tennis, and I don't really think that's a bad idea, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. And I think it, uh, it, it never will happen, but obviously I think it, it might be a good thing at some stage, but I think it would be, obviously be someone here would be the most, um, you know, probably the most disliked person at some time, at, at times, um, whoever was the commissioner of tennis, but um, you know, obviously, tennis to be more successful needs to become, uh, in my opinion, needs to become less fragmented and and more people working together for the uh, just you know for the love of the sport. Yeah, that's true, and you know, we have different surfaces, and, uh, and so yeah, I think we've gotten a little better over the last few years, well, not this year because of the health situation in the world, uh, but uh, bringing the preparation for the Grand Slams with tournaments and the, uh, the, the, if they were on clay and grass and uh, the hard courts and the people uh, you just don't realize the difference. And even tennis players, I know uh, I've been blessed to uh, coach the, the tennis portion, and uh, um, actually, I was the director of the World Scholar Athlete Games every four years in uh, uh, the University of Rhode Island, and uh, we always took the, uh, the youth to the uh, Hall of Fame there, which is a special place. And I always would ask the uh, uh, players, you know, what did you think of playing on grass? And well, most of them, it was the first time they ever did it. And is it, uh, it, it do you think you could move better or is it harder to move? And actually, uh, my own observation, I thought that the better players recognized the difference, uh, but the weaker players, and it didn't matter what part of the world they came from, uh, you know, I would hear, well, no, it's the same thing as playing, uh, you know, tennis, which, uh, you know, it isn't. But uh, yeah. I think we've become a little better of uh, bringing it so that the people are getting some more play on the surface, getting ready for those grand slams. But you do wonder if we did have a commissioner, uh, you know, if, they they would make sure that we brought everything together better. I, I don't know if we'll ever find out if we did or not. Yeah, yeah, it, it would be good. I mean, um, you know, tennis is just such a wonderful sport. And, um, you know, at this later stage in my career, you know, I just wish, uh, you know, we, we would work together and we would, you know, try and find ways to, to, to promote the sport and, 
to to make it bigger and better. Um, you know, obviously, I think you know this is a perfect time for it. But uh, and I see, um, you know, I I just don't see a concerted move in in the, with the USDA to to grasp this this time and to try and push tennis because um, this is this is a, this is a great opportunity. Um, and I wish it tennis would be just be pushed uh, nationally much harder, um, you know, in, in the schools and that right now. There's so many people, you know, homeschooling right now, um, not going to schools um, and uh, obviously not playing team sports and not playing any contact sports. Um, and, and a lot of kids out there are just looking for, you know, avenues to, you know, express their athletic ability. So I, I think this would be a great idea. Yeah. What do you think of uh, going to the other, you know, going to ProMed uh, for a period? Uh, Djokovic, uh, the new player association, what do you think of that, the, the pros and cons um, with forming a new organization there? What, is it worthwhile or not? What's your opinion? Um, yeah, Djokovic's new, uh, what is it called, the uh, Professional Player Tennis Association, PPP? PPTA, um, yeah. yeah, I absolutely. Uh, I think you know the more pressure that's brought to bear um, on the other governing bodies that are, you know, I think uh, raking in millions of dollars and trying to make it uh, a little bit more fair across the board, get more people making a living out of tennis is absolutely the greatest thing that they can do. Um, I don't know how much further it's got down the line, and again, I you know. We've got, you know, a great idea run by, uh, started by a, a couple of tennis players um, and, uh, you know, in uh, Vasek Pospisil and um, in Djokovic and a few others. Uh, I just hope that, uh, you know, they have somebody behind them that can actually, you know, possibly, you know, make it happen, you know. Um, I, I think it's an absolutely a great idea, um, but... Uh, you know whether it flounders or whether it uh, uh, it gathers um, momentum is, is yet to be seen. Uh, I, I really seriously hope it does gather momentum because uh, you know one of my biggest beefs in tennis is you know we we have such a small pool of people actually playing. So you know um, and we have this huge these huge infrastructures from the Grand Slam nations uh, which could be you know fed into the ITF and fed into other um, organ, uh, tournaments and that and uh, allow tennis to you know um, make a way more bigger base of, of players playing you know so yeah I would uh, love to uh, go, as, uh, go as forward from here in terms of uh, you know uh, this the BPTA yeah I'm uh... I just see both sides. I'm a little concerned. I just, I wonder, I think of our, our organizations. Uh, I talked before about the World Scholar Athlete Games that every four years, and tennis was just a, a part of the game. I mean, you know, it was basketball and baseball and the other sports. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I actually, the, Two times that I was involved in a 
I actually felt like I cheated these kids. These were some of the brightest and smartest kids, and they were good, good athletes. Uh, I won't say star athletes, uh, but they were good athletes. And, um, you know, and how they got in trouble and why that stopped and why are the tennis organization. And this is not to pick on tennis because I, I had the same problem with all the sporting organizations right now. I, I think they're, sometimes we get too engrossed in ourselves. I think. Uh, uh, the AAU, um, uh, the Junior Olympic Organization, I hear more coaches bad mouth to that, especially in the education thing. Well, we're, we're taking the kid from away from uh, basketball or away from tennis, uh, and we uh, we don't want them to play AAU because the uh, you know the teams need them, uh, and yet uh, those years there um, taking you know taking kids all over this country and uh, and it's you know some of the great talent and uh, the USTA in Florida. I actually stopped and uh, because they uh, uh, in the junior team tennis event, I had two teams uh, go into the championship rounds, and we was, had to forfeit our match. We had to leave because I think one year we went to Virginia, and one year we had to go to Cleveland. So we forfeited the championship, and then they make a rule that well, you can't do that no more. Uh, you know, so really what they did is team tennis, junior team tennis no longer became a competition thing. It was just a recreation. And there's nothing wrong with recreation tennis. And, um, you know, and I know I've been looking at the competitive end, and that's been my bias. But, you know, why, why aren't we joining? But it seems like we could do more by joining organizations rather than divorcing ourselves from organizations. I don't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're right, John. I, I think it's a, well, I, I think it's more of a, uh, it's a worldwide thing. I think, uh, people, um, don't have, uh, enough, uh, is the word grace to be used to to work together so um when they have a different opinion that they're just uh rather than you know trying to work together they'll you know rather break away um and maybe it's a it's the sign of the times um that uh people are you know you know if you have a different set of beliefs um that you you still can't work together you know um uh, it kind of sounds like uh, the the the, uh, the government in the in the U.S. at the t- at the moment. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's um, you know, if it's it's just two people with two differing uh, ideals can't work together um, unless they have the same ideals. So, you know, even though they have the same goals in mind, you know, so it, it's difficult. Yeah, it is. I guess if it was easy, the problem would have been solved by now. Let me ask you a a question, a a personal one. I have uh, Scott Williams on the broadcast next uh, week, and uh, he tells me that 
you're going to probably be doing something together. Are you at a point where you could talk to me about it, or is it not quite developed, or is it <laughs> true or false? Yeah, or? That, that, yeah that is true, um, but it's all Scots, and I'll let him tell you about it, because I, I don't know much about it all. So, uh, you know, I look forward to working with it. Uh, Scott's a great guy. Um, we met on the on the tour back in the 90s and he was working with a bunch of pro players from IMG at the time and I was working with players from Vandermeer. This must be the early 90s and, you know, um, it was, uh, you know, we, we just, uh, we've known each other since then, you know, and bumped, bumped into each other since I moved back to Florida. So it's been a, you know, it's been a, a great ride to see where he's got to in his coaching career, and uh, it's great that we're back in the same state. So, yeah, I don't know, this is all Scott's uh, doing, and uh, I look forward to uh, following um, what he's got planned. Well, between the two of you, would uh, uh, I'm sure it's going to be exciting, uh, but uh, hopefully uh, it'll get off the ground soon, and I'll learn a little bit more because um, I, I just – you know, love and respect you two guys so much. And uh, um, I, I think it would be interesting that both, as you know, uh, Scott was uh, vice president of the uh, FHSTCA when I was running it and, uh, you know, contributed so much to it like uh, you did. And uh, and I appreciate that. So uh, I was just uh, curious. Uh, he promised me, uh, sent me an email and, uh, you know, said that, uh, they're ready to, he's ready to get the ball going and looking forward to the conversation. So I guess I'll have to wait until next week to, uh, learn more about it then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Scott's uh, got under control. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me, uh, We've got a few minutes left. Anything special you would like to address or uh, uh, tell people how, you know, I meant to ask you a few weeks ago, uh, and this is one of the reasons I need to take some time because uh, uh, my short-term memory is getting so bad, but somebody on uh, Facebook asked for, uh, all I remember is from Naples, and uh, asked for, he said he had a son in high school and he was looking for a great place for his kid. And I recommended you. Do you have a new uh, client over there from Naples? Um, yeah, we have a, we have a couple of, uh, you know, okay. people come through um, in the last uh, month or two since school started. So I don't know if it was, uh, this is August, September time, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was about three or four weeks ago, and I, uh, I think it was a week after I was down there and, and running around doing things, and my short-term memory is getting so bad. I just and I did it on Facebook. I just made an announcement for everybody that was on his site, and, you know, where I'd recommend. So I was just curious. What? Uh, yeah. No, what would you, you like to talk about for the next few minutes? Well. Um, We've got some exciting uh, tournaments coming up, uh, some UTRs coming up again. 
for the next couple of months uh, between us and Naples, which I said earlier in the broadcast. But, um, you know, we, we're getting a lot of good players. Um, you know, some of the college teams are not competing that much this fall. So we're getting, uh, you know, players coming in from um, from UCF, USF, uh, and um, from Stetson University. And um, it's, it's been great to have the college players come in. And, uh, you know, we went to the ITA in Lakeland as well. We took a team over there uh, where three players get to the finals. Um, and, um, you know, we, we're doing, we're keeping tennis in, in the community and uh, we're trying to keep tennis, you know, on the, on the, uh, on the West coast of Florida alive and flourishing. And uh, it, it's going very well. Um, you know, it's, you don't have to travel. It's uh, a bunch of tournaments up and down this area here. We got, uh, you know, a thousand dollars back to the, uh, to each draw for men's and women's, 500 for the winner, 300 for the finalists, and 150 for the semis. So it's all about all bit of money going back to the players. And um, it, it's turning out very well. You know, we've got a full 32 draws on the weekends, um, and we've got a co-ed draw for six and under UTR. So it's going really, it's, it's going fantastically, the tournament. And, you know, our idea until Corona gets under control and, the you know, the the pro circuits and the ITF circuits get, you know, fully back, um, you know, in, in, in full flow, we will have as many UTRs as we can to keep players competing and, and, and improving and, and getting better. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, that, that's the, that's the short-term goal, at least until, you know, maybe the spring and summer of uh, 2021. Well, I think that's important, and I think, you know, it's good to hear the short-term goal, but like I said in my commentary today, I don't know if you had a chance to read it yet, but I asked, is it time that we step out of our comfort zone? And like I talked about in articles I've written before, change is difficult but unnecessary, but, you know, time is just such an important element and sometimes I, I think we give up too soon on doing things. Uh, you know, you just heard me read about, you know, things that we just haven't kept going that I thought were, uh, you know, good things. And we just, uh, we got to remember that it, it takes time to develop an athlete. It takes time uh you know, for somebody to become a good pe- person, uh, I'm a believer of uh, Aristotle, and as a Christian, uh, a believer of you know why we were country was formed on Judeo-Christian uh, values, and a believer that coaching uh, is about you know taking the time to get to know people and everything. Uh, Especially in with teams, I think if you have a high school baseball team or tennis team, uh, you know how do you sit there? It's hard enough helping an athlete grow to become a successful individual, and I don't mean necessarily uh, a great player. You know that to me is a bonus, but if they're a great individual after and. You know, you're producing great individuals as well as great talents. Uh, that is what we should be trying to do. 
And uh, we can't do that if we don't – people ain't willing to put enough time in it. Uh, I know I've been accused. I've had a couple of people tell me, you, you must be old uh, because you're talking about time a lot lately. Uh, admittedly, I think about time. I fight not getting old. Uh, I want to get a lot older. But uh, time is just a precious commodity. And I think a coach sometimes has to ask himself or herself, you know, do I have the time to work on this and produce this? Do I have the time to take on another assignment? I know we all, you know, want to help and we want to, uh, you know, help other people in need. But uh, at the time you're doing that, is it going to take away from something else you're doing? So uh, time, I think, is, you know, not valued as much as it should be. Yeah, yeah, and just, you know, the time to to make people better, the time it takes to make, uh, you know, tennis players better. I, I think uh, for me, it's just a, it's a, it's an absolutely, it's a, it's a labor of love every day. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't think financially at all. I haven't checked my bank account since I got married uh, 15 years ago. Uh, uh, I know so much money gets, goes into, you know, stocks and savings, and that's all I know, really. Um, so, but I think it's just, you know, people, you know, we're too money conscious. We're too short-term conscious. We, you know, if you if you want anything of value, you've got to put time in, and you've got to, you you just got to water the grass every day and just watch the grass grow, you know. I think uh, this is a game of developing people and athletes. It takes lots and lots of time, and, I think uh, too much is uh, all short-term gain, and there's really not enough, uh, you know, just long-term commitment to to projects and full and to places, you know, you know, like like Inspiration Academy. I mean, it's just there's there's no rush here. We we know what we're doing, and and we're just, you know, taking a long-term process, and it's just a, it's a great uh, it's a great place where we can, you know, just invest in people and invest in the community and and see it grow um and and it's doing fantastically and and we're just uh but it's just it's a labor of love every single day you know and and i i've always told people that uh, the real dividend of coaching uh come in later in uh, life when you see people i used to about 25 years ago uh, I used to tell people, the media would say, well, what are you, what's your team going to be like this year? And I'd say to them, ask me 20 years from now. And after a while, <laughs> yeah. the media catches on. And uh, at the start of the season, uh, I do believe there's an almighty, and they do reward you. I, had, I didn't have to spend as much time asking, answering stupid questions, you know. I was more interested yeah. in, in uh, you know, rather than sitting there and trying to decide what the Almighty is going to do, I was more interested in hoping to contribute a little and making better citizens and better athletes out of these people. And if, um, you know, we the right circumstances, we put another banner in the gym. But if not, I was just as proud as some of those teams that there's no banners in the gym for. So, uh I think people uh, get sometimes what we're doing it and why we're doing it. And uh, 
like you, I've been blessed to uh, been doing it for a long time. And I appreciate yeah. I've taken a yeah. lot of your time. If there's anything you'd <laughs> like to say before we go off the air, uh, you know, at least tell the people who were and how they get a hold of you. And uh, uh, I tell people often, uh, weekly, it's just walking into Inspiration Academy is just a special experience. And uh, uh, it's something yeah. That, uh, go ahead. You know we we're doing a lot of tones and uh, I hear this. You know on on, a, on you know four or five times a weekend. You know hey this is a great place and that we we run tournaments. You know we have, you know we we have some standards in terms of rules and you know behavior uh, over and above what the USDA do. It's a special place and and we have special people coming out of here and it's just a, it's a privilege to work there every day. It's uh it's it's a great place. Um and we're we're we've got some superstars um coming out of there, I mean in terms of tennis players, but um, you know, in, in all aspects and uh we're just so uh we just we're just so you know, happy to be there and, and doing it every day. Well, hopefully I'll be able to uh, I don't wanna to take too much of your time away, but hopefully I'll uh and then next month or so, I'll be able to come over again and uh, say hello. Scott tells me that they might be doing something over there first. He's going to do something in my area, too, which um, I would like to see. Uh, but uh, uh, any chance to uh, be over there, I'll probably take advantage of Bobby and I and uh, run over and see you. Yeah, thanks for being on. Uh, I appreciate it. I will remind everybody that uh, next week uh, Scott Williams uh, will be uh, here. And like I said at the beginning, um, I always had uh, either uh, Alan Fox or Chuck Reese on uh, once a month, and it was always a blessing to be able to talk to them, and this month they're both going to be on because Alan was on the uh, first Thursday, and Chuck's going to be on the uh, following Thursday, and at uh, 22nd, we'll have uh, Patrick Fisher on, who I'm learning a little bit about, I I know a lot, I like what he's doing, Uh, still receiving information, but he has a program called Next Level Character. And any time we get help, uh, young people getting ready to go to college and uh, helping them develop uh, character, uh, I think we all forget, uh, you know, the, some of the dumb things we did when we're uh, young. And it's uh, it's a lengthy process, so I'm going to be interested in talking uh, uh, to uh, him. I know when Facebook first came out, I always told um uh, my students, we'd have a pl- parent-player meeting, and I told them one of the nice things about uh, getting old is that uh, you have files in your brain, and uh, those files that are get are real old, and those are usually the files where all the stupid things I did were in. They're in the back of the brain in a, in a file that I seldom go into that drawer, 
and most people are not my age, so they can't go in there and tell you how dumb Coach was. So it's just uh, we try to warn him about Facebook and what you say on it and because it might cost you a scholarship. But it was, it's something we just, uh, I, I think we're, we forget that growing up is uh, not an easy process and uh, uh, it's just as hard for uh, the parents of today as it was for my parents uh, and they're uh, trying to uh, keep me in place. So uh, if you listen long enough, though, it will help you. My mother would always push me uh, for drop me off at the library and told me to study the classics. Uh, and uh, truthfully, uh, being uh, so excited about, I'm old enough to remember cowboys and the Indians and actually the Jacksonian period of America always fascinated me. So I was in the library uh, looking at that more than uh, reading Plato and Aristotle and Socrates. Uh, well, I did get interested, and she re- reminded me after when I was in the Marine Corps that the reason I got so involved with uh, Aristotle was because that my uh, uh, laziness, that he was uh, easier to... Uh, uh, read than the other ones, and I'm sure she's right. But um, you know, it just uh, our parents just have to help us. And my mother, uh, God bless her soul, uh, is, uh, uh, as I get older, I do think about my father and mother more. But I'm uh, reminded sometimes when. Uh, I wonder about my grandchildren. Uh, Bobby reminds me, you know, about you know the, some of the dumb things I did. And, mm, good point. So let's be patient. Let's help each other. Let's love each other. And love doesn't mean making it easy for everybody. Love means sitting there and making sure that if you're going to be of help, you're going to be of help. And... Uh, I will uh, look forward to talking with you next week. Uh, I don't know yet. I, I, I will probably be doing commentaries uh, when I go off the air, but they might not be weekly anymore. Uh, we are going to uh, try to use the time that the Almighty's given us now uh, to uh, selfishly and to do some of the things that uh, Bobby wants to do because she's uh, given so much to uh, uh, tennis and what I enjoy doing and what I love to do. So uh, uh, selfishly, uh, I'm not ready to disappear. Uh, I'll still be a pain in the butt because I'm going to give you my uh, views the way I uh, interpret them to be. And uh, if we get into factual discussions, then if I'm not capable of talking about the facts, I won't talk about them. If we get into opinions, um, I probably have as many as everybody else, and I'll look to share them. But uh, I always try to do it in a respectable way, and uh, I'm not a believer of uh, uh, cutting people.
people off of Facebook or anything unless they're vulgar because uh, I I do believe in disagreements. I do believe that if if you're not open-minded about views on both sides, that eventually we're going to close our minds and uh, and that does scare me. I'm afraid that uh, keeping my mind active and if I limit it to only looking at one view and not listening to other views, uh, then I think I'm going to get old and I truthfully don't want to get old. I just want to get a lot older. So have a great week, everybody. And uh, tell your friends that uh, Scott Williams will be on next week, and I look forward to talking with you again. Bye-bye.